From Kikata came the demigod named Durga. From Yemi came the son named Swarga, whose son name was whose son was named Nandi. The sons of Vishwa were the Vishwadevas who had no progeny. From the womb of Satya came the Satyas who had a son named Atasiddhi. The two sons who took birth from the womb of Marutvati were Marutva and Jayanta. Jayanta was an expansion of Lord Vasudeva, is known as Kupendra. The demigod's name Mahuritikas took birth in the womb of Muhurta. These demigods delivered the results of actions to the living entities of their respective times. The son of Sankalpa was known as Sankalpa and from him lust was born. The sons of Vasu were known as the eight Vasus. Just hear the name from me, Drona, Prana, Dhruva, Arka, Agni, Dosha, Vastu and Vibhavasu. From Abhimati, the wife of the Vasu named Drona were generated, the sons named Harsha, Shoka, Bhaya and so on. Ujjaswati, the wife of Prana, gave birth to three sons named Saha, Ayus, Purojava. The wife of Dhruva was known as Dharani and from her womb various cities took birth. 13. From the womb of Vasana, the wife of Arka, came many sons, headed by Tarsha. Dhara, the wife of the Vasu named Agni, gave birth to many sons, headed by Dravinaka. From Kritika, another wife of Agni, came the son named Skanda, Kartikeya, whose sons were headed by Vishakha. From the womb of Sarvari, the wife of Vasu named Dosha, came the son named Shishumara, who was an expansion of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. From Angirasi, the wife of the Vasu named Vastu was born, the great architect Vishwakarma. I think Vastu is the science with which I think at least in Asian subcontinent, like Indian subcontinent, people are mad in the sense that they are willing to change the orientation of the properties, they demolish the property, shift everything to see that something auspicious takes place. But when you tell them to do chanting, which creates the most auspicious environment, uh, some of them take it, but others take it. Nah, we are more than happy to demolish the property, to reconstruct according to Vastu. But from the uh, architectural perspective, Vastu only deals with the environmental condition, the way the sunlight and the uh, weather, uh, the rains, they come into the property. So therefore, accordingly, you orient your windows and doors uh, such that you get enough light into the property. But that science has been now transformed to a fanatical state where people think that just have the property according to the Vastu, everything is auspicious in the Usha, the wife of Vibhavasu, gave birth to three sons, Vyusta, Rochisha and Atapa. From Atapa came uh, Panchayama, the span of day, who awakens all living entities to material activities. So Yama is three hours, Panchayama is five into three hours, so fifteen. So daytime you have fifteen hours. And the night you have other three yamas, so therefore 9 plus 15 is 24. So that's how the Vedic Psalms divides it. Sarupa, the wife of Bhuta, gave birth to 10 million Rudras. You just can't imagine. Um, so therefore, people think that this is all mythology, but we don't understand when the Lord empowers somebody, anything can be done, anything can be created. So Sarupa, the wife of Bhuta, gave birth to the ten million Rudras, of whom the eleven principal Rudras were Raivata, Aja, Bhava, Bhima, Vama, Ugra, Rishakapi, Ajaitapa, Ahirpradana, Bahurupa, and Maha. 
their associates the ghosts and goblins who are very fearful were born of the other wife of bhuta so what is the connection between because we hear rudra shiva mahashiva sadashiva what is the relationship between them we are all in state of confusion about how to do so we have sadashiva who's uh, who's eternal and ma it says that sadashiva resides in his abode which is uh, i think one third or one fourth is in the spiritual world and three fourth is in the material world am i right not any one fourth and three fourth yeah one fourth in the spiritual world and three fourth three fourth is spiritual world one fourth material world. is it okay thank you ma'am i thought it in one fourth there in three anyway so part of it is in the spiritual world and part of it is in the material world and he is eternal and he manifests in this material world as the first son of or the child of brahma so therefore he comes as shiva now that shiva expands into once again as rudras so here we find 10 million rudras and of that the 11 uh, rudras uh, names are mentioned here so when lord brahma was angry with whom with the four kumaras that they were not participating in populating the universe in that anger comes the uh, shiva which is in the form of Uh, or shiva and because that shiva was in manifested in the mode of anger so therefore the children or the rudras they were all born with uh, that uh, anger in mode and so therefore dhamma got scared and he says better uh, you take you take to tapasya so you do tapasya and therefore you are not involved in the anger So Saint Vikram Chakor comments that Bhuta had two wives one of them Sarupa gave birth to the 11 rudras and other wife gave birth to the associates of rudras known as ghosts and hobgoblins The Prajapati Ingira had two wives named Swadha and Sati the wife named Swadha accepted all the pitas as her sons and Sati accepted the atharvangirasa veda as her son krishaswa had two wives named arsis and dishana in the wife named arches he begot bhumaketu and dishana he begot four sons named venasira devala vayuna and manu Kashyapa was also named uh, Taksha had four wives Vinata Kadru Patangi and Yamini Patangi gave birth to many kinds of birds and Yamini gave birth to locusts Vinata gave birth to Garuda I think all of us know that Vinata uh, gave the birth to Garuda who is the carrier of Lord Vishnu and to anuru or aruna the chariot driver of the sun god kadru gave birth to different varieties of serpents so there was a huge uh, quarrel between kadru and vinata that's a different past we not talk here oh maharaj parikshit best of the bharatas the constellations named kritika were all wives of the moon god however because prajapati daksha had cursed him to suffer from a disease causing gradual destruction the moon god could not beget children in any of his wives thereafter the king of the moon pacified prajapati daksha with courteous words and thus regained the portions of light he had lost during his disease nevertheless he could not beget children the moon loses its shining power during the dark fortnight and in the bright fortnight it is manifest again o king parikshit now please hear from me the names of kashyapa's wives from whose womb the population of the entire universe has come 
they are the mothers of almost all the population of the entire universe and their names are very auspicious to hear maybe uh, going through the history of uh, the universe population uh, the listeners were maybe uh, sleepy so they put to awaken them up we find that uh, the speaker says that here now there are the names very auspicious to hear so therefore uh, everything good will happen if you hear their names they are aditi diti dhanu kasta arista surasa ila muni krodavasa tamra surabhi sharama and timi from the womb of timi all the aquatics to birth and the womb of sarama the ferocious animals like the tigers and lions to birth my dear king parikshit from the womb of surabhi the buffalo cow and other animals with cloven hooves to birth from the womb of tamra the eagles vultures and other large birds of prey to birth and from the womb of muni the angels to birth the sons born of krodavasa were the serpents known as dandasuka as well as other serpents and the mosquitoes all the various creepers and trees were born in the womb of ila the rakshasas bad spirits were born from the womb of surasa the gandharvas were born in the womb of arista and animals whose hooves are not split such as the horse were born in the womb of kasta o king from the womb of dhanu came 61 sons of whom this 18 were very important dvimurtha sambara arista hayagriva vibhavasu ayomukha shankusira swarabhanu kapila aruna uloma वृषपर्वा एकचक्र अनतात्मा धूमराकेशु विरुपक्ष विप्रचित्ति एंड दुर्जया द डॉटर ऑफ स्वरभानु नेम सुप्रभा वाज मैरिड बाय नमूची द डॉटर ऑफ वृषपर्वा नेम शर्मिष्ठा वाज गिवन टू द पावरफुल किंग ययाति द सन ऑफ नहुषा So who is King Yayati? Who are the descendants of King Yayati? Pandavas. Yeah, thank you. The Kuru dynasty or the Pandavas, you can say. Today, once again, we have that wonderful pastime between Sharmista Yayati and Devayani. Vaivasvanara, the son of Dhanu, had four beautiful daughters named Upadhanavi, Hayasira, Puloma, and Kalka. Hiranyaksha married Upadhanavi, and Kratu married Hayasira. Thereafter, at the request of Lord Brahma, Prajapati Kasyapa married Puloma and Kalka, the other two daughters of Vaivasvanara. In the wombs of these two wives of Kashyapa came sixty thousand sons, headed by Nivakavacha, who are known as the Pavalamas and Kalakeyas. They were physically very strong and expert in fighting, and their aim was to disturb the sacrifices performed by the great sages. My dear king, when your grandfather Arjuna went to the heavenly planets, he alone killed all those demons. and thus king indra became extremely affectionate toward him in his wife simhika viprachiti begot 101 sons of whom the eldest is rahu and the others are the 100 ketus all of them attained positions in the influential clans now please hear me as i describe the descendants of aditi in chronological order In this dynasty, the supreme personality god had Narayana descended by his plenary expansion. The names of the sons of Aditi are as follows: Vivaswam, Aryama, Pusha, Thwasta, Savita, Bhaga, Dhata, Vidhata, Varuna, Mitra, Shatru, 
and Guru Krama. Samagna, the wife of Viswam, the sun god, gave birth to the Manu named Sadhadeva, and the same fortunate wife also gave birth to the twins Yamaraja and the river Yamuna. Then Yami, while wandering the earth in the form of a male, gave birth to the Ashwini Kumaras. So who is river Yamuna in the transcendental world? Yeah, thank you. It's an expansion of Vishakha. Chaya, another wife of the sun god, begot two sons named Sanaishara and Savarni Manu, and one daughter, Tapati, who married Samvarna. From the womb of Matrika, the wife of Aryama, were born many learned scholars. Among them, Lord Brahma created the human species which are endowed with an aptitude for self-examination. So from the womb of Matrika, the wife of Aryama, were born many learned scholars. Among them, Lord Brahma created the human species which are endowed with an aptitude for self-examination. Pusha had no sons. When Lord Shiva was angry at Daksha, Pusha had laughed at Lord Shiva and shown his teeth. Therefore, he lost his teeth and had to live by eating only ground floor. So this tells us how to behave uh, with elders and how to behave or how to deal with exalted personalities. Just because he has shown his teeth, uh, he lost his teeth and he had to live by eating only ground flour. I've seen some in some cultures, especially in South India, when they eat, they don't show their teeth. So that carefully, uh, they take their prasadam. Normally when we eat, our teeth is visible to everyone. But they take so carefully, so gently. It's a culture, it's a very culture that they were brought up right from childhood that uh, the teeth is not visible. Rachana, the daughter of the Daityas, became the wife of Pujapati Tvasta. By his seminar, he begot in her womb two very powerful sons named Sannivesha and Vishwarupa. Although Vishwarupa was the son of the daughter of the eternal enemy, the demons, the demigods accepted him as their priest in accordance with the order of Brahma when they were abandoned by their spiritual master, Vihaspati, whom they disrespected. Thus the end. The Bhakti Vyasa proposed to the sixth canto, sixth chapter. So we find uh, not many verses has the uh, purport. So, Om Jnanati Nirandasya Jnananjana Salakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Sabitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupatata Manyam Dadati Svapatatikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Uttapadakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavamscha Sri Rupam Sampajatam Sarganarakunatanvitam Tamsajeevam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sarganarakita Sri Vishakamitamscha Mukam Karoti Vachana Pangam Langai Degirangir Kripatamam Vande Paramananda Madhavam the Supreme Personality of Godhead has the form of Satchitananda Vigraha. I offered my respectful obeisance to him, who turned the dumb into eloquent speakers and enabled the lame to cross mountains. Such is the mercy of the Lord. Hey Krishna, Karana, Sandho, Dina, Bandho, Jagatpate, Gopesha, Gopika, Kanta, Radha, Kanta, Namo, Sute, Tanta, Kanchana, Gavangi, Radhe, Vandavaneshwari, Vrushamana, Sute, Devi, Panamami, Hari, Priyaya, Sri Krishna, Chaitanya, Prabhu, Nityananda, 
ಶ್ರೀ ಅದ್ವೈತ ಗದಾಧಾ ಶಿವಾಸಾಮಿ ಗೌರವಕ್ತರಿಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ ಹರೇ ಸೊ ದಿ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ವರ್ಸ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಶ್ರೀ ಸುಖದೇವ ಗೋಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಸೆಡ್ ಮೈ ಡಿಯರ್ ಕಿಂಗ್ ದೇರ್ ಆಫ್ಟರ್ ದ ರಿಕ್ವೆಸ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಬ್ರಾಹ್ಮ ಪ್ರಜಾಪತಿ ದಕ್ಷ ಹೂ ಇಸ್ ನೋನ್ ಎಸ್ ಪ್ರಜಾ ಪ್ರಾಚೇತಸಾ ಬಿಗಾಟ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಟಿ ಡಾಟರ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಬೂಮ್ ಆಫ್ ಇಸ್ ವೈಫ್ ಅಸಿಗ್ನಿ ಆಲ್ ದ ಡಾಟರ್ಸ್ ವರ್ ವೆರಿ ಫಾರ್ಚ್ ಅಫೆಕ್ಷನೇಟ್ ಟುವರ್ಡ್ ದೇರ್ ಫಾದರ್ ಸೊ ವಿ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಸೀನ್ ದಟ್ ಇನ್ ದಿ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಇಟ್ ಕಂಕ್ಲೂಡೆಡ್ ವಿತ್ ದಿ ಕರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದಕ್ಷ ಆನ್ So therefore we find there's a lesson for us to learn uh, from the way the uh, dealings took place between uh, Daksha and Nathamuni. How do we apply that to in our own life? Somebody throws a stone at us. Daksha is cursing Nathamuni because Nathamuni has trained Daksha's not one child, two children, three children, but 11,000 children to become spiritualists. So therefore, Daksha felt that uh, his children were taken away from him, uh, whom he was trying to perform a duty, and that duty has been uh, obstructed by Srinathamani, and therefore he became very angry and he cursed. So if we are in that situation, somebody uh, curses us or somebody abuses us, somebody throws a stone at us, how do we respond to that? How do we react to that? There are a couple of options we have. The person has scolded us or abused us, we can also abuse back. You have abused me, I also abuse you back. That's one way of, we, we can't say it's a response, it's actually a reaction. And we call for tick for that. Aapne ek patar theka hai, aur mai hai das patar theka. So that's one way of uh, reacting. The other, the person has abused me, I just keep quiet. I just follow what the other person has said. So that's one way of, the second way of responding to the situation. But does that help the person who is keeping quiet and the person who is also uh, abused? I don't think neither of them get the benefit. Because the person who was abused, uh, he'll continue to abuse, or rather he becomes more aggravated because the other person who uh, has kept quiet So when you keep mauna, when you keep silent, the other person feels that this person is not, is indifferent to what I'm trying to say. So therefore he tries to, internally he feels unhappy. And the person who received the abuse also is keeping quiet externally, but internally he is equally in turbulence. So that's the second way of responding. And the third way of responding is, Well, I need to make a change in the life of the other person. The person has cursed, I receive it, or the person has abused me, I receive the abuse, but I respond spiritually. So when I respond spiritually, I'm praying to the other person, or for the other person, that let spiritual energy uh, purify the consciousness of the person. So it may not happen immediately or it depends on our, our own spiritual strength to the what extent we are able to vibrate uh, to the other person. But over a period of time, you will find the difference in the other person's personality. So therefore, the choice is with us. How do we react or respond to that situation? And here Srinath Mahamani is showing an, on a on a different plane where he can see the hand of the Supreme Lord. Because he's such an exalted personality that nothing material of this world can touch him. 
Nandamani is not an ordinary person. He is a spiritual personality and whatever curse Daksha has given, it's a material aspect. And how can material aspect touch a spiritual person? But still gracefully he accepts it. And we find a similar instances in Srimad Bhagavatam being uh, given to us as an example to show us how to behave in a situation when we go through the turbulences in our life, the ups and downs in our life. The other example we find is Parishit Maharaj. When he was equally cursed, it is said that he had the capability of counter-cursing. So one is counter-cursing, other is countering the curse itself. The two aspects, one is counter-cursing, the other is countering the curse itself. He had the ability to do that, but he kept quiet because he saw in that the hand of the Supreme Personality Godhead. Because they are always under the uh, shelter of the internal energy of the Lord. And because of that they can see, well here Krishna is trying to show has a plan for uh, in this situation and therefore they gracefully accept. We find another example, Chitraketu, also a similar situation. So we find that here, uh, yes, uh, Daksha, he saw that his sons were taken away for, on the spiritual path by Narada Mahamuni. So therefore he thought, this is not a good idea, so let me have daughters. Because daughters, uh, as Srila Prabhupada says that, uh, then Lord Brahma then saw Daksha and instructed to beget his children again. This time Daksha was very cautious to beget female children instead of male children so that Nagamuni would not disturb them by urging them to accept renounced order. What a, uh, advanced signs we should say that Daksha had in those days. We are talking of uh, ages back. When he wanted daughters, he could have daughters. Today, I don't think even today it's possible that if I want to have a daughter, that I can have a daughter. Or I want to have a son, I can have a son. We, had an, uh, we have a neighbor in Hyderabad from where I come from. That family, they wanted uh, to have a son. So they had the first daughter. Typically, that the tradition that somehow we want a son because the son would deliver the family from Naraka, hellish uh, situation. That's the general understanding. So they said we we'll go for the second child. The second child also became a daughter. They said why not a third? Third also became a daughter. Why not fourth? Fourth also became a daughter. Then the fifth. Fifth also daughter. Sixth. Sixth also daughter, seven, seventh also daughter, and eight, eight also daughters, then said, now no more. We stop like this. So my neighbor, he had eight daughters, all the while thinking, at least I'll think of having one son, but he did not uh, fructify. But here we find that Daksha, he wanted uh, daughters and therefore he had daughters. So we find here that the list of personalities and species of life has been described in this entire chapter. I try to populate the universe. So therefore nothing uh, much about the philosophy, but it's the, the gradual development of the, uh, the universe is being spoken. So we find that the third canto describes the Swarga, Sarga and Visarga and we, the same theme is continued in the sixth canto as well as uh, Goswami is saying how the, uh, the world or the universe was populated with, uh, by Daksha uh, to the sixty daughters. So we can see that the jivas we get bodies according to our karma, isn't it? So therefore, uh, there's 8.4 million species of life and we move from one body to the other 
And this world has been given to us to purify ourselves and return back home, back to Godhead. Actually, the human form life is only meant for that, to perform sadhana, this Krishna consciousness, perfect your life, deepen your faith at the lotus feet of the Lord, and at the end of life, return back home, back to Godhead. That's the only purpose for which the human form of life is given. But if that form of life is not used for this purpose, then uh, a precious station or the life is being wasted. So we'll have to come back again in another body, which Krishna says in second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Dehinosminyata Dehe Kaumaram Yavanam Jara the person has to come back in another body depending on what we are at the time of departure in our consciousness accordingly uh, we get the next body so here we find uh, that the daksha or it says kanyadana uh, that is what is being mentioned uh, in this verse, in the, in the summary. So I'm thinking, it is a word, is it? A kanya is the daughter being given in charity to the person. And therefore, um, there could be an attitude of what in this, in this day and age can a daughter be given in charity, dana, uh, to someone and that the person uh, could misuse the, uh, the lady and the daughter. So I was trying to see and here equally Prabhupada says that females are not meant for the renounced order of life. They should faithfully, they should be faithful to their good husband for if a husband is competent for liberation, his wife will achieve liberation uh, with him. As stated in the Shastra, the results of a husband's pious activities are shared by his wife. Therefore, a woman's duty is to be very chaste and faithful to husband. Then without separate endeavor, she will share in all the profit the husband has earned. So I'm wondering where, do, where can we find a reference to this section where whatever piety the husband uh, has uh, a share the partner receives it. So it's trying to search through and I found in closest, maybe elsewhere is there, but in fourth canto, fourth chapter, verse number three, uh, Srila Prabhupada gives the uh, purport. According to the Vedic conception of family life, the husband gives half his body to his wife. According to the Vedic conception of family life, the husband gives half his body to his wife and the wife gives half of her body to her husband. So the husband gives half of his body to wife and wife gives half of her body to the husband. In other words, a husband without a wife or a wife without a husband is incomplete. So Vedic marital relationship existed between Lord Shiva and Sati, but sometimes due to weakness, a woman becomes very much attracted by the members of her father's house, and this happened to Sati. But the rest of the purport is something else. But what I'm trying to say is that we say that Adhanarishwari, that half of the husband's half is wife and wife's half is the husband. So therefore, whatever piety the husband does the wife uh, gets it. And normally this is what this part we hear, but not equally heard whatever piety the wife has it, equally the husband also gets it. And it's being emphasized about the chastity of the wife. We can uh, take an episode from Ramayana where it was uh, after Ramana fell on the battlefield. Mandal, Mandodari, Ramana's wife, she was curious to see who is that personality 
who could bring her husband down uh, to the earth dead that her husband was such a powerful personality that no one could stand in front of him and here uh, a human being uh, is able to kill him so in a open hair with anguish tears in her eyes she runs to the battlefield and it is said that lord rama was sitting on a rock and the sun was facing from behind and therefore uh, rama was facing the other side and mandodari was running from behind as mandodari was running towards or coming towards lord rama rama could see the shadow of a lady coming towards him and as he sees the shadow of the lady he moves aside just by that movement mandodari could understand the purity of the person that here is a personality who did not want to even touch the shadow of an another lady whereas her husband was quite opposite to that and then she realized it was this was the reason why or how that lord rama uh, could kill her husband so that is the strength of the chastity the purity of the consciousness of a person so we find that uh, there are words like uh, ardhangini or sahadharmini i think all of you must have heard this that is coming from an indian background what do you have ardhangini okay ardha is half anga is part so ardhangini is half of the uh, body which means one half the literal meaning of ardhangini is that that the wife accompanies her husband in the life of uh, for the spiritual journey or the spiritual goal and she is also called sahayogini sahayogini means that she cooperates with her husband in all her uh, in all his jobs sahayogini and is also called sahakarmini which means that she shares an equal part in all the actions performed by her husband so sahayogini sahakarmini and adhamini so these are the uh, this is the vedic understanding of a partner and typically we say pati patni patni is not actually wife we generally tend to say in hindi or sanskrit say ye to pati hai ye patni hai he is the wife and the husband but wife is not an exact translation of patni it is bharya is the exact translation of wife not patni patni is uh, is considered pati does not mean equally as a husband but in sanskrit uh, pati also means an abode or a resort pati does not simply mean uh, a husband but pati means a resort or an abode so pat when kanya dhan it means that the kanya is given or the daughter is given for to the dharma the dharma resides in the pati and to 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 fulfill that dharma the daughter is given in marriage because in vedic rituals or according to vedic understanding the husband cannot perform any dharma any dharmic duty can't be done so we take the classical example of lord rama when he was trying to perform ashwamedha yagna uh, the the then his guru he said that you cannot perform ashwamedha yagna because your wife is not by your side so therefore they gave an alternative suggestion what is that so they make a gold murti of uh, mother sita and that's so uh, he could perform his uh, duty and it is in very culture the wife always accompanies the husband in all the duties 
and it is said even when Lord uh, Vamanadev as a brahmachari he comes even then also Mother Lakshmi Devi was accompanying him. How? Anyone can first? I believe it is it is said that she accompanied him at the ankle bell. At an ankle bell. So therefore when uh, Bali uh, worships Lord Vama, they washes the feet, so they are actually worshipping both uh, Lakshmi Narayan or both Vamanadev and Lakshmi Devi because she was in the form of ankle bell. That's how the wife and husband worship uh, Supreme Lord and uh, Lakshmi Devi. So therefore, the act of giving one's daughter as a companion to dharma, to perform dharma to a pati who is the abode of dharma, is called kanyana. It is not that giving daughter in charity to the person that the person can uh, misuse or behave in any form. That's not the form, uh, role of uh, kanyana. So we find that here, uh, another quote from Ramayana also says, this is from uh, Valmiki Ramayana Sundarkanda, Book 5, Sloka 2 and 5. I'll not read the Sanskrit part, but the meaning says that when Hanuman meets Sita, Mother Sita Devi, she asks him, Hanuman, is Sri Ram in her absence is like a breeze? or still maintaining his uh, chivalry or like a windstorm lost in sorrow because the partner or the husband can show his uh, chivalry or the strength or the courage or the consciousness only when the partner is by the side. Now that I am not by his side, how is he? She asks whether he is strong or has he been deployed of peace and strength. Is he determined or has he lost his determination uh, in finding me? So all this indicates that the wife plays a dominant role or uh, a, a wonderful role in the life of a partner to see that the partner maintains the dharma and therefore it is called uh, kanyadana. Otherwise we think that here Prabhupada is saying that the, the daughter was uh, given in marriage or uh, charity but that charity does not mean like taking some currency and giving us dham. It is giving the daughter to perform the dharma, the duty which resides in pati or in a board. So what we see from here is that the entire universe has to be populated and for doing that population uh, Daksha uh, took the alternative route of not going to the son's uh, descendancy, rather he took the road to the route of having daughters and those daughters were given uh, in marriage to exalted personalities and through those exalted personalities uh, we find the entire universe has been uh, populated. So summarizing today's session, we find that uh, there are ways of responding to a situation. If we are charged, we are spiritual, then our response would be spiritual. But if we are not charged, if we are not spiritually strong, then our response would be material. Turbulences in life is part of life. Ups and downs, everyone will have to go through. And there is a reason why a person is placed in deep turbulences. Because this world is meant for reformation. This world is meant for correction. It's only during the turbulence phase that we become closer or we try to dive deeper in our relationship with the Supreme Lord. 
So in that situation, so we have the choices how to respond. Two, the chastity of the uh, lady or the chastity of the family is important for this spiritual uh, journey. And we find that the different forms of living entities are populated this entire universe. There's a reason that the reason is that it affords a chance to move from one consciousness to the other consciousness as you move from one body uh, to the other. And all that is once again for if you take it on one level, one aspect there's a punishment, but actually it is for correction because the ultimate uh, aim of the Lord is to take us back home, back to the God and where we belong to. So this is the concern of every parent actually. It is an interesting relationship between the parent and the child. In that relationship, the child is dependent on the parent. Isn't it? In the relationship parent and child, the child is dependent on the parent. But yet, it's the child who is rebelling. Normally, someone who is dependent should not be a rebellion. But in this case, we find between the parent and the child, although the child is dependent on the parent, but it's the child who rebels against the parent. So similarly, Lord is independent, we are dependent on the Lord, and yet we have rebelled against the Lord, and therefore we are, we are in this material world. But still, Lord as a parent tries to recover us back, to back to home, back to Godhead, and therefore he devises various plans, various ways of correcting us and ultimately taking us back home, back to water. And if that enters into our consciousness, then tears should come into our eyes when we hear Krishna Kata. Hare Krishna, any question or any comment? <coughs> yes, Mother. <coughs> I was just trying to understand if this uh, population of the universe, this process, uh, through the daughters of uh, Naksha, isn't this Divya uh, Yuga and his uncle, this Divya Yuga? Because before I saw the Bhavatan, we heard that Lord Brahma created all the living entities from this morning. And so just trying to reconcile because. We have also the creation, partial destruction, and then again the creation of take place. So perhaps you can give us some light on that. The Brahma's creation to Daksha's creation, succession. That's what you're trying to compare. Yeah, they are different type of because Swara and Visarga in Visarga. See, Sarga and Visarga. What I understand is that the Sarga is the primary creation where the primary elements are provided by the Lord, and Brahma uses those primary elements to create the secondary creation. So we find that uh, when Mahavishnu glances at uh, Pradhan, then the various elements are formed. So there we speak about the, uh, the water, earth and so on. But what we see earth here is not what Mahavishnu's glances produce the earth. This earth is a secondary creation by Brahma. So the earth, as we understand from Mahavishnu's glance, is different from he, Brahma uses that concept to create this earth, or uses that water to create this water. But it is not that this water was created by uh, Mahavishnu. Yeah, uh, in this case, my question is more related to Visarga in the sense that Lord Brahma created every day. The population, yeah. That correlation, now I don't remember what Mataji, that Daksha's, this two sixty daughters, the progeny and successive generations of population, two, Lord Brahma uh, creating, uh, at what stage it correlates with that, no, I'm not, I don't remember at this stage, if that's your question. Yeah, in the sense that Lord Brahma, I mean, 
in the day of Brahma, he creates, but at night everything is destroyed. Then next day again. So my question is related, if this process of creation of the living entities through Daksha took place in, or takes place every day of Brahma, or just this day of Brahma? Oh. Every day of Brahma. It should take place in every day of Brahma. Because uh, we find that at the night time the dissolution takes place and at daytime once again Lord Brahma himself, uh, he is lost. What should he do? Isn't it? At night time when he wakes up, uh, he sees everywhere it's dark. He does not know what should he do and he descends through the stem of the lotus flower and then uh, he hears this sound, tapaha, that, and then he does the meditation and in that meditation uh, the Lord reveals to him uh, what it is, what he should do and then he starts once again the creation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he also, it described that he also created all the living entities that they are described now, created by Tasha. So that's what I'm trying to reconcile. Yeah, that part now, uh, I have not read recently, so therefore the correlation, I can't uh, make, I do not want to make a statement. Maybe once I, uh, if I refresh my mind, I'll let you the answer. Yeah. Thank you. Any other questions or comments? Okay. Grandara Shamad Bhagavan Ki Jai, Shila Bhopad Ki Jai.